0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at three more Psalms of ascent, speaking of the Lord surrounding His people, bringing them back from captivity with joy, and prospering them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.
0: Today we come to three more songs of Ascents. Now these Psalms are a mini songbook within the greater body of Psalms, and they were sung by the people as they would make their ascent up to Jerusalem for the pilgrimages that would happen three times a year on Passover, Pentecost, and tabernacles we continue in psalm 125 those who trust in the lord are like mount zion which cannot be moved but abides forever as the mountains surround jerusalem so the lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever now mount zion in jerusalem was built on solid rock it was surrounded by mountains on three sides It was a mighty fortress and could not be moved. And likewise, the people are like Mount Zion. They are built on the rock. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. He is the chief cornerstone. As Jerusalem cannot be moved, so we cannot be moved if we are built upon Jesus Christ one who hears his words and does what he says is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds those who trust in him. In him, we live, we move, and we have our being. He is never far from us. He is there to protect us from harm and provide us with what we need. Just like you might look up from Jerusalem and see the mountains. So the Lord is surrounding us. His presence is everlasting. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. The scepter is the symbol of rule. Some people rule in wickedness, they rule according to the deception of their own hearts rather than according to righteousness. And according to the word of God, we can become greatly concerned when we see the wicked ruling. But here we have a promise that the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land of the righteous. God establishes the limits. Let me repeat that. God is sovereign and he establishes the limits. Even in the worst of times, there are good people who fear God and God preserves them. For example, during the days of apostasy and famine under King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, hard to find worse rulers than them, God protected Elijah and used ravens to feed him. So if we fear God, then we need not fear anything or anyone else. God has our back and he surrounds us as well. Now, if God didn't establish the boundaries for wickedness, then the righteous would soon be swallowed up by iniquity. Now, we know that abounding iniquity is one of the signs that we are living in the last days. Jesus said in Matthew 24:12, "And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold." When we look at the killing of millions of innocents under the name of abortion, the acceptance and approval of homosexuality under the name of tolerance and the blurring of gender distinctions when God created them male or female, then we know that lawlessness is abounding and we are in the last days. But we are also concerned for God's people because in such an immoral culture where anything goes, the love of many will grow cold. Verse 4. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. There is the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. No one escapes this spiritual law. If you are good, then you can expect God to be good to you. As for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them astray with the workers of iniquity. Concerning those who turn away from the path to walk on crooked ways, the Lord will lead them away, assigning them a place with the workers of iniquity. You see, God will ultimately give people over to their own lusts. Therefore, it is crucial that we keep vigilant watch over our hearts, lest we are deceived and led astray by them. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The psalmist ends by saying, peace be upon Israel. There is nothing better for us to know than the peace of God that is preserving us. Psalm 126, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Because the people of Judah turned from the commandments of God, served idols, and rejected the prophets God sent to them, the Lord sent King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to defeat Judah and take the people captive where they remained in captivity for 70 years. But after that time, God raised up King Cyrus of Persia, who issued a decree that the Jewish captives could return to Judah and rebuild their temple that had been destroyed. So the psalmist writes that when they returned, they were like dreamers. They couldn't believe it. They thought it was too good to be true. Their mouths were filled with laughter, their tongues with singing, and they praised God saying, the Lord has done great things for us. So now the psalmist prays, bring back our captivity. Can we not also pray this for those whom we know who have departed from the way and got caught up in sin? Remember, Jesus said that whoever sins is a slave to sin. So many people are held captive by their own sins, but they don't even see it. So we pray, Lord, deliver them from their captivity. Those who sow in tears... Shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, life is a combination of both joy and sorrow. Often we sow in tears. We weep over those whom we love, yet we bring seed to sow. The seed is the word of God. We sow it, even though it may not be well received. But if we are faithful to sow, then we can expect to reap. And when the harvest comes, we will rejoice. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Psalm 127, another song of ascents. This one is by Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Now, God is a builder. He built the universe. He built planet Earth and filled it with plants and animals. He built mankind and said, multiply and fill the Earth. And the Lord Jesus is also building his church. And he told his disciples, go and make disciples of every nation, Therefore, we are to build the kingdom of God. But we know that we are dependent upon God for all of it. We have had church property that we purchased in 2003, and we had made so many attempts to try to develop it, and it just wasn't God's time yet because we weren't able to do it. But now we're able to begin to develop our property. Very soon, we'll be breaking ground. Hallelujah. But we realize that God has to build the house. It is possible to labor in vain. We can have great ambitions and make great plans. But if God isn't in it, then our plans will come to nothing. Oh, they may look successful in the eyes of the world. People may think, oh, you've done so well. But they will have no eternal value unless God is in it. Sadly, so much work is done in the name of God that really amounts to nothing more than works of the flesh. And likewise, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Now, Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray, but we are still dependent upon God to show us what to watch for. Otherwise, we could be watching in vain. It is in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. So getting up early in the morning can be in vain, and staying up late at night can be in vain. Think how many people deprive themselves of sleep because of their own ambitions. But the Lord loves to give his beloved sleep. You know, there's nothing better than after you've put in a hard day's work to be able to set your head on your pillow and just go out. You know, I've talked to people that struggle with insomnia and I say, look, look this scripture up in Psalm 127. The Lord gives his beloved sleep. You claim that promise and, uh, and trust God to give you that sleep that you need because, you know, if you know it's in God's hands, all you got to do is just be faithful to what he gives you to do. And his yoke is easy and his load is light. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Now think about children. They are a heritage, an inheritance from the Lord. It's what God passes on as a father to his children. He gives us children who are our inheritance. We say that they are our future and that is true. Now Solomon says that they are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. They're going to be there for you when you need them. You take care of them. You give yourself to them. You invest in them and then they will be helpers to you as you grow older. I think of one of the greatest blessings in my life and Cindy's life my wife is our son Justin our daughter Allie because they have been such a great resource to both of us and uh, such a great help in ministry they love the lord and they love to serve the lord and you realize there's nothing better than that as a parent so happy is the one who has a full quiver full of uh, children that we happen to know a family who had eight children. And I liked to joke with the father that his quiver was full uh, and he is a happy man. Uh, they shall not be ashamed at the city gate. Now the city gate was where business was transacted, but it's where you could also meet your enemy who might come against you to oppose you. But you won't be ashamed because you got your children around you who are going to be uh, that support for you and you won't be ashamed while you're there so a great psalm from king solomon uh, and a song of ascent that they would sing as they came to jerusalem anticipating meeting with the lord
1: great stuff you've been listening to simply the bible the through the bible teaching program of pastor daryl zachman of calvary chapel treasure valley For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website, Tomorrow, we look at three more Psalms of sense that focus on the blessings to those who fear God, victory over enemies, and redemption for those who wait on the Lord. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.